Australia's biggest freshwater fish is the Murray cod, but it's in sad decline. Since white colonisation, it's been estimated that numbers of the fish have dropped by 90%. The Murray cod fed people for thousands of years. It provided income to an inland commercial fishery for nearly 100 years, and now it's all about recreational fishing. This week in Cosmos Country, digital news editor Ian Mannix catches up with Paul Humphreys from Charles Sturt University. He's written the new book, The Life and Times of the Murray Cod. Let's get into it. Paul Humphreys, tell us about the biology of the Murray Cod. What, it, what is it as a fish? Where does it sit within the fish realm? What do we know about the biology of the Murray Cod? We actually know uh, remarkably a lot about the Murray Cod because people have been, it's it's the biggest fish in the river and people have been interested in it for a very long time. In the last 20 or 30 years, our knowledge has increased enormously. It will grow to about 1.8 metres in size at its absolute maximum, probably about 80 kilograms, I think, is the most authenticated um, largest size that, that I know of. There have been some bigger ones, supposedly, but nobody for me has been able to verify them it can live for upwards of almost 50 years so it can live for a very long time but you know most fish would wouldn't wouldn't live that long in the wild of course you've got down um 1.8 meters in size and 80 kilograms there, there is myth that people have had bigger ones but you've found no evidence would it surprise you if there were bigger ones given what you know about the biology of the fish uh no that even though there's no evidence i could find that they're the fish reached um, 113.5 kilograms, 250 pounds, as somebody uh, suggested from a 1955 newspaper article in the Sydney Morning Herald dating back another 50 years in Walgett. That was supposedly the biggest fish that, that was ever caught. But it does actually fit on the sort of the length, age, weight trajectory that we could we could extrapolate to that. So it could possibly be the case. But I went looking for it and couldn't find um, evidence of that of that actual individual because supposedly it was caught and displayed for a couple of weeks in Walgett and 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 um, people paid to see it and it was donated money was donated to their local hospital but I could find nothing in the, in the two local newspapers that that um, showed that was actually the case. With a fish that big in it would have dominated the waterways and no doubt there would have been a very important relationship between that fish and the indigenous people the early explorers then the um, commercial fishermen and, and even now, what is the relationship between the mighty Murray Cod, as they call it, and uh, human beings? Any, it's funny about big fish. People love big fish and, and whether they be Aboriginal peoples in the, in the distant past in the more recent times or, or Europeans when they arrived in Australia, anything that big has um, a special significance to people. Obviously, big animals have a, a cultural and, and in some cases a spiritual significance just because they are such a big animal. But from a from a sort of purely um, protein fat point of view, there's there's a large amount of food um, invested in that animal. So catching one individual um, can mean that you can feed a whole lot of people at one go. And so Indigenous people in the past certainly um, caught them in 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 reasonable numbers. But they could feed a lot of people in one go, and and were great skill, greatly skilled in banding together to catch these individual fish. And then when the explorers came along in the early 1800s, um, the explorers, whether it be John Oxley or, or Thomas Mitchell or Charles Sturt or um, Human Hovel, they followed the rivers in many cases to to go to the places they went to. And because they followed the rivers, they were often making use 
of the food that was available to them. And, and, and in many cases, it was Murray Cod because they were there, they were big numbers and they could be caught. In some cases, they caught far more than they actually needed to, to eat. And then later on, when um, the gold rush actually started and precipitated the commercial fishery in the, in the Murray itself because of the, um, the, the recognition of the need to to feed these hungry miners with something, um, uh, some entrepreneurs realised that there was this relatively untapped, because of the dispossession of Aboriginal people during that time, resource that could be harvested to, um, to, to feed people, and then it went further on from that as well. You're listening to Cosmos Country with digital news editor Ian Mannix, who's speaking to Paul Humphreys, author of the new CSIRO book, The Life and Times of the Murray Cod. I've done some research into Captain Charles Sturt, and I'm interested that when he was rowing back upstream after he got to Lake Alexandrina and the boat wasn't down there, as the governor said it would be, he nearly ran out of food. What's going on there? There was clearly plenty of fish. Were they not catching them? Were they? Was the river running dry? What do you think was happening? And, and why would Captain Sturt suddenly run out of food? Well, uh, look, it, it, it beggars belief, doesn't it? Because um, there were fish in the river. And in fact, Sturt, in his diaries, says that there were fish in the river. And But the, the, the people, uh, his um, compatriots on the, on the expedition, according to him, didn't like the, the taste of the fish. Now, this is weird because all the other explorers wax lyrical about the, the, the beautiful flavour of the Murray cod and ate them and, and noted their presence all the time. Yet Charles Sturt says they were insipid and that his party wouldn't touch them. And I don't think even the dogs very liked them very much. That's the um, history, I guess, of the Murray cod. What about the future of the Murray cod? Where's it headed? I gather there aren't as many now as there used to be. And the rivers, Murray, Murrumbidgee, they've just flooded. So what do you think the future of the Murray cod is? Look, look, I'm an eternal optimist as far as fresh with the fish, especially in, a, in, a, in the Murray Basin go. Um, they have remarkable uh, uh, resilience um, to, to bounce back. Um, our fish, the fish kills we've seen in various places, although we, you know, I'm not, I'm not condoning fish kills or blackwater events, things like that, but um, the ability for fish to recover is quite remarkable. Now, Murray cod is, is a long-lived fish, so it takes a long time to recover if something happens. As I said early on, there's a lot of research that has been going on to understand about the biology of it, uh, and therefore the conservation management of Murray cod has never probably been better. The jurisdictions in terms of the stock assessments in the jurisdictions, um, the states and, and territory, suggest that in most states and territory in an ACT, uh, we really don't know a lot about what the actual stock status is. And by all accounts, it's going to take a long time to, for it to recover. If it ever recovers to pre-European levels, I'd be very surprised. But we have to, I think we have to be patient. I think I think we're, we, we might be talking about 50 or plus years before the, the populations actually get to the point where I'd be happy with them. Um, so I think we just need to be patient. Can we be patient in the face of global warming, increasing droughts, changes to the uh, rainfall systems uh, in Australia, particularly in that area of uh, New South Wales, South Australia, Victoria, where the Murray Cod finds itself? Yeah, look, I, I think it's a great point. Um, I think we need to be patient, but we also need to provide, provide the resources that the fish needs to uh, maintain its populations and recover. Uh, now, in some cases, that might be some targeted stocking in particular places. In other places, it might be um, some restoration of, of habitat or providing um, the types of flows that it requires. But this is a species, Murray cod is a bit like a tiger and a lion in the sense that it's really at the top of the food chain. 
I, I have a I'm pretty optimistic about its future and that its population can be maintained. But I think really, if in terms of the major threats to Murray Cod, it's I don't know about climate change because we've had climate change in our rivers for over 100 years and it's called river regulation. I mean, we've changed the temperature of our rivers enormously, especially below dams. Sometimes, you know, for a couple of hundred kilometres below dams, it's the temperature is reduced. And for a cold-blooded species, uh, you know, fish are cold-blooded, where the metabolism is governed by the temperature of the environment that they live in, that's an enormously changed environment. I'm, I, I'm certainly nervous about the effects and wary of the effects of climate change. But I, I, when everybody asks me that question, I say, we've been, we've been dealing with climate change in our rivers for more than 100 years, for probably 130, 140 years. And it's, and it's certainly had a major effect on our river systems. I'd be surprised whether the climate change that is coming will be more severe than that. Okay. And what about your own personal relationship with this fish? You've written a book, which is a great book, really enjoyed reading it. Um, have you caught them? Have you eaten them? What do you think of the taste? Obviously, it wasn't a Charles Sturt's liking. I'm not a fisherman, actually. I'm a, I'm a fish fish ecologist. Um, if you ask me where to go and, you know, what type of line to catch a fish on and all that sort of stuff, um, I'd struggle to to give you any good advice that would actually guarantee catching a fish. I have eaten them. Uh, they, they're very nice. I think probably the big fish aren't particularly pleasant to eat, but the smaller fish certainly are. But I'm more fascinated by the ecology and 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 just the the sheer magnificence of this beautiful animal. I mean, they are a lovely, lovely animal. And I'm as a, as a ecologist, biologist, scientist, um, I get excited by trying to understand how such a a big animal, which has been around for well, the family has been around for a hundred million years, the species itself probably a million years, and how that survived the the swings and arrows of outrageous environment is just to me beggars belief so i i think all of that is the stuff that turns me on and gets me going thanks for talking to cosmos pleasure you've been listening to cosmos country a look at how regional australia is preparing for and adapting to climate change cosmos country is supported by the walkley foundation and meta for more information and to listen to the whole series of cosmos country podcasts visit the website cosmosmagazine.com.